What is up, people? Welcome to the Weekend Edition Sports Frenzy 2.0 taping here on the 13th of April. Of course, this will hit Saturday morning, the 16th, just in time, so we can tell you what to listen to, what to watch. What to read. It's all good, kids. And as always, we will start off with music. We've oh. got some interesting singles to discuss, and then an album I have been looking forward to for many, many years. An epic rock opera. That is right. But I would be remiss if I did not give the Conquistador props for throwing in an interesting suggestion or two. Yeah, these just kind of popped up and harkens back to a band that I didn't realize how far back they went. And it goes back to the era that we love, the 80s. Yes. Because this band technically started off in the mid-80s. Yep. The Dan Reed Network. Uh, was it Canadian funk rock, I believe is what they're considered. Yep. They've got a new album coming out. Yep. What was it? Uh, Let's Hear It for the King is so the album. So we, we got a couple of singles released. Yep. The funny thing I've read, I, I did some research. I would never let my man down. So I did some research on the Dan Reed Network. Um, really interesting history for this band. Again, goes all the way back to the mid-80s. The record labels have, have shunned them, have have dropped them, have picked them up. They bounced around a lot. it's really weird because I read at one point a record label dropped them because the lead singer shaved his head. This is probably late 80s when hair ruled, when everybody had the mullet and the feathered back. Yeah, and this band has changed their sound from what I've listened to. Over the years, they went from straight up pop top 40 to now they're kind of rocking it out a lot more. Yep. And I think uh, obviously I'm, I'm making a presumption, but when you heard them, I'm assuming that's why you suggested them is because you saw the potential for them as a rock band that we should let everyone know about. That's right. The way it worked out when we were listen when I was listening to review last week with after listening to the Chili Peppers, this was the band that popped up. It went in with that first single that I said that we should listen to, Starlight. And I started getting into this when I'm like, you know what? This isn't bad. And so the next one popped up off of the upcoming album, Pretty Karma. I listened to that one like, all right, these guys are pretty good. And then I started listening to some of the older stuff, looked how far back they went. I'm like, I would not have listened to them (laughs) early on. But their later, the newer stuff they have out is definitely more in line with what I enjoy. What? I thought you would enjoy. Yep, let's hear it for the King. The new album actually comes out June the 17th. Yeah, it got pushed back. It was supposed to be spring originally. Yep, so we're going to review Starlight and Pretty Karma. 
But like Dave said, I went on Spotify and I just started to play the Dan Reed network and a lot of the stuff early on would not be. No, my <laughs> taste. no, no, mine either. But these two songs are a little bit harder rocking, a little bit more what you would come to expect from things that Sports Frenzy 2.0 would appreciate. Yep, definitely. So Starlight, you know, it's it's one of those songs where everybody's looking for their shot at fame. What are you going to do with it? How are you going to be in that light? Really apropos for these times with everybody wanting to do their podcast, wanting to be a YouTuber, wanting to be an influencer. Really hit home, and it, it's a driving song. It's it's very catchy. So yeah, I I, I gave it three. That's three where frenzies. I'm at with yep. it as well. And I also gave three to Pretty Karma, the yes. follow up. Yep. The only thing I didn't quite care for on Pretty Karma was the speech at the end. Yeah, yeah, that was a little uh, snowflake-ish. Yes, so I actually went two and a half on that one just because of the snowflake speech at the end. But the song up until that point, phenomenal. I can see that. I can see that. Um, believe it or not, me being the angry, bitter man that I am, and of course we'll get to that <laughs> later on at, at the end when we get to our dumbasses, continuing my rant from a regular sports frenzy episode. Go back um, and listen to it. If you willing, haven't already, I am willing to put up with that. I, I living color is a band notorious for that, but we love living color because they do it so well. They do speak they to do. the issues, They're... the social issues that need to be addressed, but they do it in a way that I can respect and you can respect. Musically. Right. Yeah. They, they interweave it very well. This one just kind of seemed thrown in at the end. I agree. I agree. But I'll still give it three. Because, right. again, I am a man of the people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. Did I laugh out loud? <laughs> so, well, Dan Reed, they're worth checking out. Yeah, Again, check out the newer stuff. Stay away from the earlier stuff. It Unless is, you're one of those poppy people. Yeah, it's kind of derivative pop rock 80s stuff that that basically if they were doing a miami vice episode it probably would have made it maybe maybe on the outskirts yeah that being said i can't rip the dan reed network after (laughs) the other two singles we've got oh god Um, oh god and these are by bigger name rock stars should we should we start with Van Zant? The political the song. Political Sweet Florida. And I, I had a bad feeling this was coming. Oh, my God. I didn't want to review it. Oh, my God. But because of the musical pedigree, I said, let's do it. Let's let's give it a shot. Oh, my God. It was so fucking... It was bad. I just... Was, I was hoping for something a little more like Sweet Home Alabama Something like Gator that, Country from Molly Hatchet, where they're trying to be a, a, a little, little more subtle in terms of talking about their home state and how much they love their home state, not just an outright political diatribe. Yeah, that that's what this was, was a full-on diatribe 
on how Florida is great because they don't believe in masking. Ron DeSantis is DeSantis the god of all time. Brilliant. And we don't take <sighs> political stances here most of the time on Sports Frenzy. We try not to. Both sides are fucking morons. <laughs> but this, this, this is just... If the song oh had God. any kind of weight or any kind of musical significance, maybe we'd give it a higher rating, but... I can't do anything with it. I give it one and a half. <laughs> You're more generous than I was. I gave it one. <laughs> yeah, I just... It was mildly catchy. That's about it. <laughs> I can't dance to it, though. No, 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 you can't. Dick, I can't dance to it. I just can't. Stay away from sweet Florida, unless you're a Florida cracker-ass cracker. And again, we're not making pronouncements on political parties or... Because believe me, some of these songs like this that we would rip on, we might actually actually appeal and like some of the ideas behind the candidates, but... But the way it's carried off yeah. is just, nah. It's Florida. It reminds cracker. me. It reminds me of remember way way back when uh, Fleetwood Mac's "Dreams" was the oh the, god that ruined the song for me. That ruined. Uh, and I I didn't like the song to begin with, but I really hated after it was politicized by the Clintons. Yes. So we we're equal opportunity political haters here. Yes, that's what I'm yes, trying to we say. Are. All right, then we have Strange Game by Mick Jagger. (sighs) This is a theme song from an upcoming TV show featuring Gary Oldman. Yeah, on Apple Plus. Called Slow Slow Horses? Slow Horses. (sighs) I... mm. I didn't like it because it felt like a theme song. It felt kind of like a a variation on the Sopranos theme song. It just didn't, to me, have any originality, any creativity. No, I I did like the old school 60s beat to it. But as far as the vocals and the lyrics, it was just eh. See, there's another one and a half for me. I I Just will concur. Very, very. I will concur with that one. Yeah. Now yeah. we move on. Now to the centerpiece of our music the segment, piece de resistance of the week, which needs time. We need time to review this because I have always said one of my unsung heroes of the '80s is Aldo Fucking Nova, and finally. Finally, re-emerged, re-emerged from his hole. After how long? He stopped producing Celine Dion records, and now he's <laughs> actually back with his wicked ass guitar. The life and times of Eddie Gage, and a we, rock opera. We still don't know if this is the entire rock opera. No, what this is because this is it. It has there a ten song EP. But There's it's taken more? him. He's talked about the fact he's got a hundred songs that he put together in the framework of this rock opera, and now he decides, well, here's ten songs. How long is this rock opera going to be? I think the problem is he is a perfectionist. 
He is anal retentive. He, everything's got to be in its place, perfect. That's why we haven't heard from him in 20 plus years. I don't think we're getting anything else from him. I don't. I, I, think I would be it. surprised. This, If he's that much of a perfectionist, if it took that long to get to here, you're probably right. Right. Now, that being said, reviewing the life and times of Eddie Gage, I will say I loved it. I fucking loved it. I did as well. Um, two instrumentals. Yep, we've got that with now, On the, the Way to the Psych Ward, which is halfway through, and then the finale, Les Agnes. Yep. Now, initially, he came out and he said he was going to be singing every song differently. Every song was supposed to tell a different part of the story. I didn't get that in terms of vocals, but musically... It came through in the guitar work and the music. Right. Musically, these are 10 pretty much different songs. Yes. And taken as the rock opera in order, it does do very well telling the tale. It goes from the dark side to the light. Yeah. Obviously, uh, evil, if yep. you want to call it that to redemption yep it's it's the start out with hey lottie Dottie," which, which is, is great your crossroads devil moment with the up-and-comer wanting to be the rock star tied for one of my three favorite songs on the album agreed completely this is classic aldo nova but has the depth that he wants to propel the start of this story yes then, of course, we've reviewed Free Your Mind. Yep. was okay. Decent. I, I like it. I like probably it more than good. you. It was good. But, yeah. Then Follow the Road is more mellow. Yep. It just kind of plugs along with where he's going. And then we were talking about track four, King of Deceit. Where would that fit in, in this whole rock opera scenario? Yeah. This one, I think that's where you're building in where... He's getting to that fame part, but acknowledging that it's all a front, that he's a fake, just trying to wing it through. And then we get the bitch in black. My is... favorite on this, by the way. Really? I really enjoyed this one, the way it rocked out where... It's more new school than old school. It, it is. It really is. It, it's Aldo Nova trying to come up to the times in terms of music yeah and i thought he pulled it off very well this is i've reached it now i've met my nemesis my downfall the bitch in black is going to do me in and now see this is where i think the album turns yeah this is the switch where because then we get the peak of being the rock star or bottoming out right as the rock star on oh my god what kind of how far have i fallen right and then we get the phenomenal in my opinion instrumental on the way to the cycle oh my god that which is 
halfway through, and it is a great instrumental. It's a phenomenal instrumental. And then we get one of my favorite songs on the album, which, again, I think is a transition point. Yep, you're coming out of that dark phase, realizing... References to holy water, an arrogant God. When all is said and done, it's basically... God trying to redeem, I'm assuming, this Eddie Gage character. After he's And he's basically, God is a badass. God is coming in and saying, I'll take care of everything. You sit back, kid. In the psych ward, you've lost it, and here is God bringing you back. I love, love when all is said and done. And then probably the most ambitious song, as it bridges from the dark to the light, even though it's not groundbreaking and it's a little too sugary, I still love Say a Little Prayer. I yeah. really do. It is very, long, very good. But it is really good. It, it's very poignant to the story. Many, many religious references. Yeah. And that's the redemption coming through. Exactly. Now, Song Nine, Burn Like the Sun. I swear to God, this sounded to me like something that was a leftover from his original album <laughs> back in the early 80s. Burn Like the Sun sounds to me like old school Aldo Nova. Yeah, it does. It's got that feel to it. Which is not a bad thing. No. And that's, here I am. I've been there. I've done that. Instead of burning out and fading away, here I am. Yep. And then, like Dave said, the final song is the instrumental Los Angeles, I guess. Angus, Agnes, yeah. probably Angus. But uh, again, another kick-ass instrumental Yes. to close out the life and times of Eddie Gage. I could talk about this for a long time. But to me, this is Aldo Nova's shot at, Bur- at uh, Bad Out of Hell. I think this album reminds me so much of what Meatloaf and Jim Steinman tried, tried to, do to do with Bad Out of Hell. The the themes, the, the operatic stuff, the the, the melodrama, story, the, story, the story, the entire story. Um again, Aldo Nova said he was going to sing every song differently. He doesn't do that. Not necessarily. But musically, but... these songs are all different. Yeah. And that's what I liked about it. I like this album a lot. I'm not going to go nutsy, cuckoo, crazy. Are you going a three like I am? Strong three. Very strong, strong three. three. Can't go three and a half. No, not but quite. I, I'm going a very, very strong three. Yeah, I, I've listened to this numerous times so have I. Yep. yep and appreciate the nuance of every song more with every listen yep exactly there's not a bad song no out of the 10 that's the thing that yeah so this will be one i will be listening to on and on yeah and and this is one where you really need to listen to the whole album to really appreciate every song it has Right. And again, follow it through the darkness into the light. Yes, that sounds clunky and stereotypical, but it works. But it works. It's what it is. 
God, thank you for giving us Aldo Nova back. He delivered. And the guitar work, by the way, unbelievable. phenomenal. He tears it up throughout this entire album. Tears it up. Excellent guitar work. So strong three for me. Strong three for me as well. Very enjoyable. Music news to get through here before we move on to segment two. I think we've got some fun stuff coming in movies, Dave. We may have some fun stuff. <laughs> I've got a surprise maybe, for Dave. Maybe, maybe not. Um, the Black Crows, again, this drives me nuts. This drives me fucking nuts. They've been together now for how long? Two, three years since the Robinsons reconciled? Yeah. And remember the initial tour got right. post. The best they could do is come up with a six-song EP of cover songs from 1972. <laughs> Coming out on May the 4th, titled 1972. Oh, how fucking original. A six-song EP from the Black Crows. All covers. Yeah. This is the stuff I can't stand. Why can't you get together? Where? What? You've had two fucking years to pull shit together. And I, I just can't stand these bands that say, we don't want to put new stuff together because it doesn't sell anymore. If you were bullshit. true artists, if it you does. were true musicians, you wouldn't give a shit about record sales. Your fans want new music from you. Respect your fans. They're why you are where you are. This is why I am so disappointed in this news from the Black Crows. I'm going to avoid this one. I don't want to hear cover tunes. I don't. I don't. I want to hear new music. Speaking of which, we talked about the Black Moods. Yes. Ugh. New album. Anxiously awaiting. Into the Night from one of our secret favorite bands. You people might not know them. We love them. We've seen them. New They're album. awesome. Into the Night comes out June the 3rd. We will review Hollywood, the third single, next week. Jack White. We're going to review... The full, Fear of the Dawn the next week. full album. How about this for an opening night show? Jack White on stage in Detroit. First tour stop on the Fear of the Dawn tour. Proposes and gets married. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a cool ass show That would have be been at. freaking <laughs> awesome. That would have been really damn cool. Yeah, got married, proposed, got married on stage, first night of the tour. Awesome. Congratulations. Cool. Yep. Put Meg in the rear view. Now, finally. All right. This is going to make me sound like a misogynistic bastard, but that's fine. We'll talk more about that later. Dave and I listened to the first single from Alec Lifeson's of Rush, his new band, Envy of None. Dave's already oh. making faces like he's got to make a dump 
the size of Toledo. No, I'm ready to puke at thinking about that crap. We don't fest. always review the best and the brightest. We take chances. We took a chance because it was Alex Lifeson. And it was awful. It was pathetically awful. Well, here's another project. We're not reviewing this yet. I don't know if I want to put Dave through this. But boy, this one, when I first heard about it a couple days ago, really intrigued me. But it sounds like the exact same thing. And I'm not saying female vocalists suck. I'm not. Evanescence, Pretty Reckless, Pat Benatar, Belinda Carlisle of the Go-Go's, Joan Jett. We love all of them. We love all of them. I mean, seriously, not just in a physical sense. We love all of them. We love their music. We love their voices. They rock. They rock harder than 90% of the men out there. Yes, yes, they do. But like I said, this envy of none thing has scarred us. When I start hearing old school rock stars hooking up with young female singers, now I get very nervous. Very nervous. Who do we have? A secret album release ironically, from a band called Third Secret, came out April the 11th, without pronouncement, without warning. Any fanfare, just No fanfare. Here is the band. Matt Cameron on drums from Pearl Jam and Soundgarden. Kim Thale. Lead guitarist from Soundgarden. I was hearing a little bit about this. Chris Novoselic, bassist from Nirvana. And you're like, holy fucking shit. How can this be bad? Because they brought in two female lead singers to lead this band. Third Secret is the name of the band. I listened to the first song. I don't know if I want to listen to any more. Because it reminds me of the same shit we went through with Envy I've, of None. I've, I heard two local radio personalities talking about it. It was not good. So we're not we're not promising a review of this one yet. No. This, this is one I may have to listen to one to see if we even want to discuss I don't it. think I have I, it, I'm not encouraged by early things that I've heard about it. I will say this. If this is any kind of a positive voice in the discussion, it's not as bad as Envy of None. <laughs> <laughs> that that doesn't help. I know. But oh but you hear the great names from the grunge era. And you're thinking, holy shit, if you just Maybe. gotten a good vocalist, male or female. Doesn't matter. Give us a good vocalist. Are, are we talking, what the hell was the band that opened when we saw Greta with the horrible female vocalist oh, who couldn't Jesus carry a tune for God. shit? Oh, I have them. I have them written down somewhere. I have it in my other notebook. But they were terrible. You made fun of them because you said that would be a band that my daughter would love. (laughs) Yes. And we all know (laughs) 
how the sports frenzy panelists here go when it comes to music. <laughs> yes, I, I believe the the vocalist. I said she couldn't carry a tune if it was stapled to her vocal cords. The Velveteers. That was it. The Velveteers. Sorry, took me a while to find it in my notes, but yes. Yeah, I did mention that to the protege. By the way. <laughs> I said, to listen to them yeah, or that I said that would a band she would enjoy. Both. both. <laughs> I said your uncle has a has a band he'd like to recommend to you. <laughs> you should check out the Velveteers. I haven't heard back yet. <laughs> I just wanted to see. Wanted to see what kind of reaction I would get. Oh, I please let me know. Either that or I'll get a text from her. <laughs> I might put, maybe I'll put together a playlist and slip one or two of their songs in just to see. See what she does. Yeah. Because <laughs> every time I try to make a playlist for her and send it down to her in college. She poo-poos it. And yeah, she either ignores it or poo-poos it. Yeah. You know, I try to get her to listen to the Black Moods or, you know, I'm not going to throw a, a band out there. Oh, here's a new Def Leppard. I know she's going <laughs> to ignore that so i try to find stuff that's a little edgy that she might listen to a little sucky that she might listen so to maybe i I'll slip in a velveteer song and a playlist here for her soon there you go <laughs> all right kids fun 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 listen to aldo nova definitely yes. check out the life and times of eddie gage listen to the newest of the dan reed network not the old stuff. Not the old stuff, the newer stuff. Stay away from Mick Jagger. Stay away from Sweet Florida by Van Zant. But come back. Don't stay away from us. Come back for great movie reviews coming soon. In the fortress of solitary justice, two brave men hold the fate of the sports world in their hands. With the utterance of a single word, FRENZY! These seemingly ordinary men become the maestro and the conquistador, destined to save the world from stupidity on Spotify, Anchor, Google, Apple, and all noble podcast hosts everywhere. Dave and Kev stand for truth, justice, and the frenzy way. Grab your popcorn and sodas. It's movie time with Sports Frenzy 2.0, the weekend edition. I am the Conquistador Dave Height. Along with the maestro, Kevin Crane. And here we are with your movie reviews for the weekend here, dropping on April 16th as we record on the 13th. The agreed upon film for the week All the Old Knives. An Amazon Prime production with Chris Pine and Fendway. Don't call her Fandy. Fendway Newton. Newton. And she loves to show off her boobs. She's pretty. She is. Boy. We're going to go misogynistic here because we love the female anatomy. And hers She is is one of the most sexy women in the world. I'm sorry. I've always thought that going all the way back to Mission Impossible, I've just always thought she she is a woman. She yes. is a hot woman. 
Sorry. She's, like Dave a, said, she's a smoke show. Being a misogynist in this instance, I cannot turn away. I cannot look away from her. She just grinds my gears. She just does. She always has. Now, that being yep. said, as a movie, all the old knives, I will go out on a limb. I am going to jump the gun on Dave Jump here the gun here. And see his reaction. When I called this up on Amazon Prime and they show you the IMDb reviews because they are connected. The IMDb reviews were not, they were three and a half, I think, was the average I saw out of five, which is not necessarily great. It's not terrible. Not great. I thought this movie was fantastic. I just love the Well, fact. there we go. We're going <laughs> back and forth. <laughs> I thought it was great. No action in terms of there's no fighting. There's really no... It's all intelligence, CIA. Can we figure out plot-wise how to stop terrorists? Who's double-crossed who? Who hasn't double-crossed who? Who's to blame for the victims, the deaths in the movie? I loved it. I fucking loved it. Half hour in, I knew what it was. Well, there's not a lot of debate. There's not a lot of suspects. There's not a lot no, of... No, but even... It was, it was obvious to me what it was. Well, no, it, it didn't surprise going. me. But I thought it was unbelievably well done. It was, but it there were too many points for me where it just kind of bogged down a little too much. The only issue I had with it was um, Fandy, Fandaway, Newton's boss. They kind of threw him in, Jonathan Price, yeah, as I a red like herring. Price. But he's a red herring. He, he really is. serves no purpose in the movie other than to be a distraction right from what's going what's, on otherwise yeah <sighs> too too much of the discussion between chris and thandway in the restaurant i love that i i thought that built tension it beyond did, belief. but there were now parts people where it say, went back and it just kind of bogged down but and, see that's why it was like my dinner with Andre, except spy shit. And I hated my dinner with Andre. <laughs> I enjoyed the tension. I enjoyed the back and forth between the former lovers. Who betrayed who? It graded on me a little bit here and there. I thought it was fantastic. I thought it was fantastic. Three and a half. Three and a half. Two and a half. Three and a half frenzies. Absolutely loved it. Two and a half from me. Not wild about it. This is one of the few times you and I have have really disagreed. Yep. <laughs> Doesn't just, happen often. I don't know. Maybe I was in a good mood when I watched it. I just loved it. I just loved it. And I just... Chris Pine and Thandaway Newton, their, their interaction at the restaurant... Starting in sunlight, going into, into dark, the dark, people the coming build in and up, out. Who's who, where. Yeah. I loved it. I fucking loved it. I just absolutely loved it. It felt too generic to me. I will say one thing. This will dive into our 
discussion of masculinity later. Chris Pine, get rid of the fucking scarf. <laughs> <laughs> that was so queer. Looks so stupid. You, you pussy. Get rid. It was so bad. <laughs> yeah, so bad. But otherwise, if I'm sleeping with Thandaway Newton. I'll now put wear a, a fucking I'll put scarf, a fucking rubber nose, and big old stupid ass shoes. shoes. Yeah, <laughs> if I'm getting some of that, I'm in. Yeah, she's pretty. Oh boy, she's pretty. So, a button on your underwear. I yesterday, I was getting ready, and we'll get to Tokyo Vice in the next segment. I was getting ready to finish up Tokyo Vice yesterday when I got access to a free rental of Spider-Man. Oh, no you finally, finally got to see Spider-Man. Yes, so no I home. have my review Holy crap. of Spider-Man No Way Home. And of course, I have bitched and pissed and moaned and complained about the fact that there were so many media outlets <clears throat> out there that ruined it. A lot, a lot of the plot points in No Way Home. Now, there is one that they did not, that really tore me apart, which I did not see coming. But, of course, I knew with the multiverse what was going to happen. I was kind of shocked. I don't want to spoil too much for other people. I don't want to be that guy, so I don't know how to dis- discuss this with you. Do we do the f- the family connection? I loved the second half of the movie so much, where everything finally kind of comes together. <laughs> um, what I want to say is, if the fucking media weren't so story-hungry, and weren't trying to press people so much to tell, hey, what'd you do in this movie? Were you in this movie? If I had gone into this movie completely clean, without knowing one damn thing, I think I would have actually had an aneurysm, being so (laughs) excited and and so apoplectic about all the fan geek stuff. Every goof. But I knew most of it was coming. I know. That ruined it for me. That's why we went as early as we did before all that shit hit. And it ruined it for me. Not, I'm not saying it's, I love it. I love three and a half frenzies. Okay. I'm telling you that right now. But we need to discuss this. Three and a half frenzies. Again, would have been four if it wasn't for the fucking media trying to spoil everything for everybody the second they can. Well, yeah, because they suck. I gotta look at my notes. All right, number one, the multiverse solves so many problems for me when it comes to the Spider-Man continuity because I have said, and fuck you, don't call me a racist, don't call me a misogynist, I have never bought into Zendaya as Mary Jane Watson. They basically explain that away. She is not Mary Jane Watson. She is Michelle Jones Watson. And she tells everybody early on, I'm dumping Watson. I am Michelle Jones. But in the multiverse, that's fine. 
And this is how you can explain away Miles Morales yep. as Spider-Man. That works for me. It really works for me. And I am not, still not a fan of Zendaya. I still don't like her. I still don't think she's a great actress. I don't understand the appeal. But at least now I can see how they have manipulated and, and worked everything. Her- Given other people who appear in the movie and explain different aspects, scenarios, different timelines, who's yeah, how this makes things better for me when it comes to dealing with Zendaya <clears throat> as MJ. Yes, she is not Mary Jane Watson. No, so I can live with that now. We talked about the one thing that tore me apart. I will not bring it up. But anybody who knows Spider-Man remembers the tragic death that was the impetus in the comic books for Spider-Man was the death of Of Uncle Ben. Ben. Just take that into heart as you watch no way home. I and the great quote: "I sh- with great power comes, comes great, great responsibility. responsibility." That will come into play. It's a tear-jerking moment. It is the hardest moment to watch in the movie. To me, it is the hardest on multiple for, for levels. numerous reasons. I also will give them a little bit of. God, again, I don't want to spoil anything for people. How long's it been out? <sighs> Three and a half months. We're not at the six-month point. One of the characters that is brought into No Way Home is one of my favorite, let's put it this way, one of my favorite Spider-Man villains. There's something I'm going to have to say here in a minute. That you have to. There, there's... One of the villains that's brought in is one of my favorite Spider-Man villains that they botched in a past movie. They do a better job just in little flashes. If you watch the character in little flashes... They try to make up their... It's almost like saying to the fans, the diehard fans like me, we we got it. We fucked it up. Here's the best we can do to make it up to you. I give them credit for that. Here's where Dave and I, we're going to push things to the boundary because he will allow me. I always feel bad about this. I really thought, and this could be a flaw. Maybe this is why it's not a four-star movie, a four-frenzy movie to me. They could have done the Sinister Six, and they they came up one short. They did. And they could have done it, and it wouldn't have been that hard. They could have done it. Everybody's been waiting for the Sinister Six. Nick, my youngest. The one we were hoping for that would have been the perfect addition if they would have brought in Craven the Hunter. Who's coming later. Who's coming later. But this was the perfect point 
where Parker is on the run. That would have been good. That yep. would have. There are other options as there well. There are other options. Of course, but, Morbius just came out. Yeah. But we were thinking. And the, of course, Venom. Yep. But we were thinking. Who might be coming in the later. The whole Craven the Hunter would have been perfect. Well, why would you go five and not six? <sighs> just go to the Sinister Six and be because done with it. I think they are waiting. They are waiting to do the Sinister Six. Some of these actors will not be around. I know. To do the Sinister Six. You know this, and I know this. This would have been the perfect opportunity. As much as they hit a home run out of the ballpark with this movie, far exceeding expectations, especially with COVID restrictions still in place early on. Yeah. Third biggest movie of all time in America. And it's, they, they, I will not go, I will tell you this, another point of contention for us. We got plenty of time. We got time. This movie I, I wanted to discuss with you. And of course you saw it earlier. This is, might not be my favorite Marvel movie. It's close. It's close. Everybody's going, oh, greatest Marvel no, movie of all time. No, it's not the greatest Marvel movie of all time. I still, I'll tell you which movie I still love the most. I still love the Winter Soldier. God, I still love Winter, the Winter Soldier, Soldier. Was a lot. Phenomenal. And of course, Endgame is it's hard to top. Endgame. The whole Infinity War. Yeah. Endgame the culmination. Saga. I did like this a lot. And like I said, the second half sold me on it. The first half I thought was a little slow. It it took the build up, but when it Right and again, it's stride. Again, if I could have Boom. watched this movie without knowing what was coming, it would have been so much. Oh, fun. I would have blown See, my mind. I think the reason you even thought the, the early first... the early appearance of the character who never showed up again, I thought was going to be more integral later on. A certain man with dark glasses. <laughs> Can I say that? Yes. I thought he was going to be later on, and I thought that was going to be a little more... I just didn't realize that was going to be a cameo early on. Yeah. No, I think where you thought the first part was so slow is because what was ruined for you, you you expected the boom. I did not feel the first... Watching it early on, not knowing anything, I did not feel that slow part yeah i just i i don't know why i I think it was because you knew what What was was coming coming. right and that you were waiting waiting for it and you felt the slope yeah if you would not have known anything you would not have felt that that slow buildup. and again that's why i hate the media why do you have to spoil everything for everybody the second the minute a movie or a tv show has its finale or a movie comes out because you have to be the first to report whatever it's bullshit this is why i hate the media so much and you basically ruined spider and the internet giving it three and a half and the internet and social media right but i stay off of all that i don't do that the one source that ruined it for me was regular media 
I can't now go look at entertainment news. No. Without these idiots ruining everything. They already ruined part of Morbius for me. They've already ruined the big spoiler in Morbius for me. They couldn't. But but no, they'll tack on wait spoilers in the story if it pertains to the plot. <clears throat> but all these guest appearances, all these other I don't want to know guest appearances. That's they are such assholes. Yes, they are yes, such they are. assholes. If you don't see it the opening night, you're fucked. And the worst thing is the spoiler they put in for Morbius fucking would have made the Sinister Six. Fucking would have made it perfect. Fucking would have made it perfect. <clears throat> so there the, you go. The idiots in the media actually, by calling out what happened in Morbius, screwed everything up. No, they actually pointed out a deficiency in Spider-Man where they could have made the Sinister Six work. There you go. You better not slap me. You better stop. You better not slap me because I'll ban you from Sports Frenzy for 10 years. (laughs) Will Smith! Done for 10 years. Cannot attend the Academy Awards ceremony. You want to hear my conspiracy theory? Sure. I still, still don't believe this This was anything but staged. I guarantee there'll be an appeal next year. He'll get back in. They're going to let everything this- die down. They're going to let everything die down. And then they're going to let him back in. He won't even serve a year penalty. There's, there's. This was all phony. There's this was all phony. This conspiracy theory in there is the smirk on his face as he walked away. And kind of the look on Rock's face. Like, there we go. It, there, there were things that lead you to believe they've staged it and again this ties into my overreaching <clears throat> theme which we'll get to started on the regular sports frenzy we'll wrap it up here <clears throat> in that last segment when we get to our dumbasses. you know who i love ricky your face god i was <laughs> ricky he, he should host every oh goddamn award show he actually he came doesn't out and give said, a shit what he says. He said he didn't go far enough. He said I would have I would made a joke about her and her boyfriend. <laughs> See, that's what I'd say. That's what we need. That's Chris Rock should have responded when. Well, he when wanted Will to. Smith. He wanted when to. When Will Smith said, Remember, "Keep my wife's name out of your fucking mouth," he said, "You could see Chris Rock saying, I could, I could I, go.' De- he wanted to go. He should have said." I'll keep your wife's name out of my mouth if she keeps my dick out of hers. <laughs> or her boyfriend. Not you, Will. <laughs> Not you. Not you, King Richard. <laughs> Little Richard's not getting there. Yeah. <laughs> Just ridiculous. The things that Hollywood puts us through. Ugh. Book reviews. Book review, yes. Born for Trouble. 
the short story, The Further Adventures of Happen Leonard by Joe Landon. Oh, you bitch, I forgot about this. God damn it! <laughs> you are not up on all the Happen Leonard tales no, by Lansdale. I have read half of them. I've watched oh. all of the the three seasons of the TV show. I've read about half the books. Oh, my God. I am caught up with them. I will first say that the introduction Lansdale has talking about Hap and Leonard is great. Because people, he talks about how fans say, how is it they don't age? He goes, I don't do it in the timeline of I write. To me, it's not, oh, it's three years since the last one. They've aged three years, and so they should be. No, it's where I want it to be as an author. I pick where they are. Well, look at look at uh, Spencer. He would be literally 90 years old right now. Right. If you went by when the book series started versus where it is now. Same thing with Dave Robichaux. Right. So and they could I have actually slowed that. it down even more. I completely understand where he's coming so, from. So I think it's brilliant. He said, I can put him wherever I want. If I want him to be older, further down the line, I can do that. If I want him younger, I can do that. It's up to me. Beautifully put. So, Happen Leonard, of course, so close as friends growing up together. They consider each other brothers. Hap, as we've talked about, is the white, liberal, hippie, peace-loving guy. Leonard is black, gay, Republican, veteran. <laughs> Complete opposites, but they complete each other. They, oh my God, the banter, phenomenal. This five short stories from Ransoming a Mummified Dog, Crashing into a Missing Bookmobile, Solving a Murder, Avenging a Beheaded Prostitute, and a case where they find photos of a woman with a Rottweiler. It is Happen Leonard stumbling into trouble. It's what they do. It does not disappoint. I laughed multiple times through each story. Lansdale does not disappoint with this collection. I will give this one a solid three and a half. Only because they're short stories. That's my question. And I, I'm not... There are many Happen Leonard short story collections out there. The thing I think that <clears throat> confuses readers is... And again, we are moving away from magazines. It used to be you would find Stephen King short stories yeah. in Playboy or other local magazines, local publications, and he would put those together in collections like this. So I have one of the collections um, <clears throat> about four or five years ago of, of Happen Leonard from Lansdale. Um, I definitely want to read this. I just want to make sure I'm not duplicating things I already have. Which one do you have? Oh God! I have not the the more recent one with the rat and the coffee cup. Oh, but these the one are not. These, these are new. 
I don't know what the titles are. I did not get the one. The, the cover had the the rat in the coffee cup or the mouse yeah. in the coffee cup. No, I had not, I, I had not read these before. Yeah, I think I've got the further adventures. Okay. Of Happen Leonard. Yeah, no, the, you're you're not going to duplicate. But again, that. yeah, I know I don't I don't have the magazines. You know the Vogue. Yeah. No, the, or these, the Esquire these were or these were written that, for this. No, no, there's only one original. Oh, wait, there. no, there is. There's only, only one. one original. Okay. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, we want to know where these come the from. The first one, Cocoa Butternut. Oh, I think I I had a dance That's with her in yeah. Miami at one point in time <laughs> when I was in my uh, college years. There you go. Yeah, I said, Cocoa Butternut, please treat me gently. <laughs> Me and you, you on the floor. <laughs> and then I asked her for the 20 bucks back. I said, I only meant to give you five. No, the, the, I, had, I had read one of them previously. I know. It, should, it, it seems like a very tedious, picky issue. It is issue. trying to go through, but. But, you know, yeah, they're when you mentioned last week you were going to review this collection this week. I gave you shit because you I did. had it on my list, and you know you read seventy five books a day, and I read six a year, and so I had that on my list as one of my next books to read. Read it; it's you will not be disappointed. But like you said, I've still got to <laughs> catch up. I've still got to read the Elephant of Surprise. <laughs> I haven't read that yet. Read that before this. I've got to go you, back. You, I've still got to read Vanilla Ride. Yeah. I still oh, haven't. God. Vanilla Ride is phenomenal. Are you talking about the character or the book? The book. <laughs> no, it, the whole thing. Vanilla Ride but is now, a see, must. I've read the stuff you, in you, between. Yeah. You have to read Elephant of Surprise before you read this. Okay. Thank you. That helps me. That helps me. But yeah, I read everything between Vanilla Ride and the Elephant of Surprise. That's okay. stuff I've read. Get elephant, get Vanilla Ride, and read Elephant of Surprise before this. Of course, and everything will come together. Come together. Dave just did his big, the whole all encompassing Guru Doctor Strange interlocked motion. fingers yes. after doing the whole world coming together as one. <laughs> Kumbaya, blah blah blah. Of course, Literary Frenzy is one of our standard segments that we have done for 30-plus years. Dave and I put Gotta that together to try to bring some culture to the barbarians that were on our panel back then. <laughs> That's and right. And some of them are still, still Barbarians. Yeah. <laughs> Uncultured but swine that they eventually, are. Eventually, we will get to the new John Jonathan Kellerman book. Yes, once you finish it. Yes! Again, I'm waiting on you. Five books a week, six books a year. Compare and contrast. James Lee Burke coming out soon. The new Letty Davenport album just came out. The Investigator. Yep, I've I don't got, know. I don't know if I'm going to read that. I'm going to give it a shot. Well, why not? You read it while you're on the toilet. That's right. Friday morning, you'll be done with 300 pages. Sorry, I'm, I'm reading something else right now. That I'll have a review maybe. And we in two do weeks. have a very significant literary frenzy moment of silence coming up. God, we do. So stay tuned, kids. Dave's going to indulge me and let me have five or ten minutes to complete my misogynistic 
rant that I carry over from. We've got a streaming yet, too. Oh, yeah. We got time for that. We we got it all, but kids. Stay tuned. Read Happen, Leonard. You watch will not Spider-Man be... No Way Home. Go back, if you can, and watch the Happen, Leonard series. It's hard to find it's it. It's hard to find, but if you can, you will not be disappointed. Three seasons. I think first three books. If I'm not mistaken, I Savage so. Season. Yeah. I, and, uh, yeah. Yeah. So check those out. So good. We will be right back. You can't go wrong with us. Stay tuned. We will tell you what to watch and what to listen to. It's so silly. To listen to anybody else, ridiculous. Hello, this is Will Smith. You might know me as the original Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. You might also know me from Bad Boys 1, Bad Boys 2, and Bad Boys for Life. And now, you must also know me as an Academy Award-winning actor for King Richard. Also by now, you know there are two things I do not like people talking about in my presence. Namely, my open marriage and my wife's lack of hair. Well, now, there is a third thing you do not talk about in front of Will Smith. You do not talk about Sports Frenzy 2.0. My boys, Kevin Dave, will hitch slap the sports world in Hollywood each and every week on Sports Frenzy 2.0 and the Weekend Edition on Spotify, Anchor, Google, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Breaker, Apple, Overcast, CastBox, and Stitcher. Just remember, keep Sports Frenzy's name out your damn mouth. Hey, welcome back. We're wrapping up Sports Frenzy 2.0, the weekend edition, taping here on the 13th of April, 2022. This will hit on the 16th, just in time to set up your weekend perfectly. Yep, catch us on Spotify, Anchor, Google, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Breaker, Apple, Overcast, CastBox, and Stitcher! Next week, we will have a review of Bon Jovi live in concert. <laughs> Finally. Going back to books for just a second, as much as Dave loved books, I love to drop a couple little nuggets, a little dimes of wisdom on him. Now, he doesn't care that much about comic books like I do, but the first ever appearance of Captain America bum, 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 bum. past week at auction, $3.1 million. I saw that. That's insane. Why can't I have that? Out of all the freaking boxes of comic books, I have got. I need somebody to make a new Great Punisher movie to ramp up the price of that. That's my one. That's the one Your I've got. Number one Punisher. The first appearance in Amazing Spider-Man of the Punisher is the <clears throat> one golden goose I've got. I do have the first appearance of Venom, but surprisingly, it is not worth that much. Really? I mean, it's, it's worth four or five hundred, but... That's it? Yeah. Ugh. But you go back to the early 70s with the Punisher, 
Yeah, I could. If oh, somehow they jacked the popularity up on that character again. We're talking <clears throat> thousands and thousands of dollars. Just enough for me to buy a case of beer, <laughs> probably with the way inflation is going. Yeah, no kidding. God. <laughs> All right, moving to TV and streaming, tying in two books, May the 13th on Netflix, The Lincoln Lawyer debuts. Yeah, I've been keeping tabs on that one. We'll now, the, see. The, the Netflix series will be based on the second book, Brass Verdict. Yep. Now, I, I still feel bad. I have never watched the movie with Matthew McConaughey. I have not either. I have it, though. I have access to so, it. So I would like to watch that. Maybe that, at some that point. That might be one we have to do. I know how much you love Connolly. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued by this one. The casting looks interesting, and I know they talked about bringing Harry Bosch into it, but it will not be Titus Welliver. It can't be. It can't be because because of the whole Amazon, Amazon Netflix right. thing. We'll see how they cast that. Welliver did such a phenomenal job; it's going to be it's going to be difficult to top. The last season of Better Call Saul <laughs> is coming up here in the next week or so. Yep. And, and they have confirmed confirmation from Breaking Bad. Yep. Brian Cranston and Aaron Paul will be back. Yep. They the will be season. back in the final season. They will not say in what capacity. Just confirming that they will be there. It better not just be a little five-minute right at the end. I have got to catch up on that. I have tried and tried and tried. And I know you said your youngest. Nick has blown through Breaking Bad. And he's finished up season five of Better Call Saul because it just dropped on Netflix. Right. So. I tried to watch Breaking Bad. I got through three or four and I fell out on it same thing with there's just so much damn stuff to watch i know and you you have to actually just freaking make the commitment like he does right because he's done that he's burning through blacklist right now too he's already in season three see (laughs) that's another one where i got through i think halfway through season two and i said i've got to move on to something else yeah, no, Nick's blowing through Blacklist right It wasn't right bad. Now. I'm not saying these shows are bad. I'm just saying something else jumped in, Yeah, grabbed your attention. No, he just focuses. He focuses on one and tries to get through it. Yeah. Now he took a pause on Blacklist because Better Call Saul popped. Now, of course, we normally don't talk about reality TV. God, we avoided it all freaking costs. But I, I find this to be a harbinger of bad things coming. Because we've talked in years past about the NFL, and we've talked about how we're scared to death that they're going to move 
the NFL to pay-per-view or like with yeah the NCAA finals in basketball. There were people out there that still were shocked when it's on TBS. It's on TNT. What do you mean? This is what they're doing. It's a money grab. We talked about this on the uh, regular sports frenzy this week with NASCAR. Yeah. How the ratings plummeted when they moved the races this week. From Fox to FS1. So I'm not sure how this stunt is going to work. But one of the most popular reality shows is moving from over-the-air ABC to Disney+. Plus. Dancing with the Stars will now only be available on Disney+. Plus. Who gives a shit? Well, you and I don't, but again, I'm worried about the precedent this sets. It, it's absolute crap. It's all a fucking money grab. We've talked about it on the sports side, the entertainment side. Here again, Disney Plus, it's the fucking rat. Of course they're going to maximize their damn profits. I hate it. I'm just, I'm wondering if this is not turning into a way to go a la carte that I have been wanting for 10 years. But how how do the cable companies keep charging more and more when they have less Less and and less less content? Because what content is there is charging more and more to keep it there instead of going off on their own. At some point, people, I I think this is going to happen in the next two or three years, are going to just drop cable completely and say, why? I'll go to a streaming service to get 90% of what you're giving me. Comcast, AT&T, DirecTV. I don't have to have the equipment. I don't have to pay your box fees. That's what she said. But um. (laughs) I'm... But you know what I, I mean? I it's know. Just it's just ridiculous. It's getting close. I'm getting really damn close. And I am proud of myself I'm going to sports for a second. Not caving to Marquee, Marquee Network. Network. Because I am a huge Cubs fan. I can <clears> tell <throat> the Ricketts in pride, fuck yourself. Your Cubs, as much as I love them, do not mean that much to me. Where I'm going to switch my cable company for one network. Fuck you, Ricketts. Go by Chelsea. Fuck you. Fuck your soccer. I got something to say about soccer coming up too. I got it all covered, kids. <laughs> but first, before we get there, Dave and I have to cover streaming. Yes. Tokyo Vice. Yeah, no, I I mentioned, I'm sorry. I fully expected to have time to watch all three episodes, but because of the Spider-Man thing... I got through one. I got through one and a half. Okay. Not far off, I was able to get through the first one. HBO is at least a little bit more generous to their viewers than Disney. Like with Moon Knight, where it's one One a week, week. one a week. At least HBO Max gave us three. To, to get start you off with. So Dave and I will try to catch up next week with the full, by then, four episodes so far. Hopefully. Now, the first episode is the crucial, the most key episode, because <clears throat> that is the one directed by Michael Mann. 
the mastermind behind Miami Vice. And people are going, even my daughter, who knows so little about <laughs> 80s pop culture, even said to me, when I mentioned it to her, said, is that connected to Miami Vice? And I said, yes and no. And no. It has a dynamic that is somewhat similar. It's got a feel that is somewhat similar. But no, no you can't compare you, the two. Not even close. As opposed to two police officers in Miami, you've got a journalist and a police officer in Tokyo investigating yeah. crime. See, to me, that's more similar than I guess you're giving it credit for. It's it's close because you've got two diverging characters trying to get to the same issue. Right. Because that's how Crockett and Tubbs met coming from two different directions. Right. Now, this takes a little bit longer to happen. Yeah. This, th this first one, it's a long setup. They're playing the long game with this. Yeah, one. Ansel Elgort plays a an American from Missouri who decided to go overseas to Tokyo to try and become a crime reporter there. And he doesn't realize, as opposed to here in America, where you basically get to report whatever the fuck you want. Yeah, they're not. That's so rigid on what you're allowed to put in print. It's spelled out for you. You cannot deviate at all no the police tell you this 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 height weight victim gender you report that and that's it yep there's no murder in japan and of course there is racism yep oh big god time. forbid reverse racism god forbid that ever happens in this world gaijin you know yeah god forbid but ansel elgort's character has to put up with that Yep. It's it's intriguing. It felt a little slow to begin with. I'm I'm waiting to see if two picks up the second episode picks up at all. I'm hoping it does a little bit. He's so cynical. He is such a cynical bastard. Yes, yes, I am. I've been burned too damn many times in life. Tokyo Vice is awesome. I love the first episode. I am willing to put up with the slow burn if, as long as there's a payout. There's like the payout. all the old knives, which we reviewed earlier. I was willing to put up with the talking, the conversation, the plot exposition. I didn't need shit blowing up every five minutes. I didn't need that either, but it was, I fucking knew where it was going too damn early. But you do that you my know attention where Tokyo Vice is going? Not at this point. Okay. I'm that's why I'm willing to go to episode two. You All just, the old knives. You just want to see I what knew. happens with the whores. Well, not necessarily. Or the hostesses. The hostesses, but the mostesses. <laughs> no, I I'm really intrigued by how he's going to get into working with the Tokyo Police Department. And, and he starts off. And he starts buck, off with, and buck the system. Well, he starts off trying to get in with the cool. The rock star. The cool detective. The rock star but detective. But the veteran is the one we know 
right away he's going to end up linking up with. Yeah. So that's so, what I, Ken Watanabe. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how that works out. No, I I do like it. I like the the plot line of him coming in and wanting to do something. So for once we're actually being nice to the media. It's early. <laughs> course i have as i mentioned watched moon knight i watched episode two again disney plus one episode a week oh jesus so tedious so slow just in the fact that they do this and this is a six episode series i've heard oh a slog now i've said i love moon knight the character and they're doing a great job with it but yeah this once a week thing just I'm spoiled now. It doesn't work for me. I need more. I need more episodes more often. There you go. The boys and I continue on with the boys. Enjoying it. Season two yet? Not yet. We're still in one. You've got a month. We've we're, You've got a month before season three. I don't know that we'll get through them all, but we'll see what happens. All right. All right. Schedules, work schedules play havoc. I know. With everything. I got one for you to wrap things up here. You and I am may still plugging along me. with The Witcher as well. You may poo-poo me on this. They set out a one episode preview last week. Now, as we tape this. Nothing else has been out, but I believe tomorrow, which would be the fourteenth of the entire April. season, comes out on Peacock. He is one of our favorites, Craig Robinson. We love Craig the, Robinson from The Office, from Hot Tub Time Machine, the Pizza Hut commercials. Yeah, we'll forgive him for those. <laughs> he has got a new show exclusively on Peacock. With the most bizarre fucking premise of all time. One that you would never expect me to like. I watched the first episode. It is raunchy. It is R-rated. It is wrong. He plays a guy with a wife, an ex-wife, and a kid. He always gets sucked into these get-rich-quick scams. Oh, God. And of this course, harkens they always back to, to Rodney Dangerfield <laughs> and Easy Money. It gets really weird <laughs> after this, though. He has got his latest get-rich-quick scheme involves, he lives in Florida, buying swampland in Florida. He wants to create a palmetto berry farm because somebody's convinced <laughs> him that palmetto berries will be the supplement that cure all older men <laughs> of their <laughs> prostate <laughs> issues. So that's his new thing. <laughs> and after all his past failures, he's convinced this is the one that's going to do it. Now, he sets his car on fire because he's trying to he's cook trying sausages. To no, he's trying to cook sausages sausage on the car. engine. <laughs> no, he's got a little hot plate in the car. <laughs> it's, it's ridiculously funny. What's it called? Killing It. Killing It is the name of the show. So he has to call an Uber driver so he can make it to the meeting in the swampland with the bank <laughs> with the bank guy to try to get a loan, 
right? So he can <laughs> buy the swampland, so he can set up this palmetto berry farm that he wants to start. <clears throat> okay. Again, it's Craig Robinson. So go with it for a while. I'll go with it. He gets picked up by this na- crazy, nasty, goofy Uber driver from Australia. <laughs> it's not the magician. She has it? unbelievable assets. Let me tell you that. <laughs> All righty then. <laughs> She's taking him to his meeting out in the, the swampland in the Everglades. She says, can I pull over for a minute? He's like, okay, why? She grabs a hammer, runs out, and you, next thing you know, she's in the, the brush out off the side of the road with the hammer going crazy, screaming and yelling. Boa constricted that she's Python, getting money. Python, Python. That she's going to get money for Yes. <laughs> she tells him, I get $100 for every Python I bring in. So can you scoot over? <laughs> So he's traumatized. <laughs> they go back to the, the wildlife preserve station, wherever. And she's going in to collect her money, and he's looking at the dead python. <laughs> and then these two hillbillies come out and say, oh, that's a good one. You think you can stick with us in the competition? And he's like, what are you talking about? Oh, there's competition. The most pythons you bring in... Over the next month, I guess, twenty thousand dollars. Yeah. So this so he, whole move, this whole TV show is Craig Robinson it. is going to be a python hunter <laughs> along with this Australian woman with big boobs. I like, foresee watching this with Nick, <laughs> and it is not. Uh, Nick is obviously 18. of age. Yes, it is 18 over because there is especially one scene at the beginning in the first episode that is not, not for anybody under the age of, good, even 18 is pushing it. It is that, it so, is that so, graphic. So basically it's something that back in the day we would have watched in grade Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> hell yeah. But from what I've seen, given the fact it's Craig Robinson, I don't like snakes, but I am just enamored <laughs> with this premise. I'm like, this would be like something I would expect from our man, Greg Garcia, who came up with My Name is Earl and oh, Raising Hope. Yeah. That's how twisted and demented and wrong <laughs> this show looks like it's going to be. That's why I'm going to watch And it's it. on Peacock and they'll no holds barred. Right. Definitely which is, R-rated. Which is, which is what He's we... dropping F-bombs in the first 30 seconds. Nice. Which... That Peacock would have been the appropriate venue to really do My Name is Earl correctly. Yes. Yes. That's why I'm saying this reminds me, even though he's not associated with it, of a Greg Garcia show. It's so demented and twisted, yet so funny and brilliant. Python hunting has become a sitcom theme now. I like it. I like it a lot. All right, so to wrap up, I have to finish up my rants of the week, but first. But first. Moments of silence. Moments of silence. I alluded to a literary moment of silence. Henry Patterson, 
otherwise known by his pen name, of course, Jack Higgins. God. I know you've read a ton of I books. have read damn near everything he wrote. Oh, my God. Ugh. So good. This is how I'm going to feel when it's, James Lee Burke passes, and that, you know that's going to happen soon. Yeah, I know. They, they're not phenomenal by any stretch of the imagination, but they're fun didn't, adventure. Didn't Rob Lowe star in a TV movie based on one yeah, of his Yeah, I books? think so. Yeah, because you've got the Irish Republican assassin who now works with the British government right. to take down terrorists. Yeah, so well done. And this is what I'm worried about, is another 10, 15 years down the road, who are going to be the great authors that we're going to remember in our pansified society, which again, I will get to. Once you get rid of James Lee Burke, Jack Higgins. You know, James Lee Burke is in a category of his own. I know. But we but lost Robert got, B. Parker. We're going to lose John we Sanford. We just lost Jack Higgins. Right. Brad Thor's pretty damn good. I'm reading his stuff right now. But again, who's going to step up 10 years from now and carry the mantle? That remains to be seen. And, of course, we lost, in my opinion, a giant in comedy. Gilbert Gottfried oh. passed away. Gilbert. Not for everybody, but I loved him. You know, at first he grated on me. But the more you hear his comedy and what endeared him to me was hosting on USA on the weekends. They had Up All Night when he hosted that. and his pithy comments and the comedy and everything through endeared him to me. God, I'm and going anybody, to miss him. Anybody who survived that train wreck year, that transition year on Saturday Night Live with Charles Rocket. Oh, God. You know, now, of course, SNL is a train wreck all in of itself, and it has been for a decade, but back then, that, that was, was a culture shock. For them not to be able to bridge. Yeah, there was no the gap bridge at that point. Between the Aykroyd, Belushi, Murray years and then get into the Eddie Murphy. Joe Piscopo, Billy Crystal. Right. So God bless him for that as well. I have two dumbasses that will tie into my overarching theme. I have been railing all week on the wussification of men. Stop apologizing, men. Stop apologizing for what for who you, you are. Do. Stop apologizing for being a man. And stop overcompensating. We talked about the idiot in a regular edition. Where where's the Me Too movement tracking down this idiot? With four doors for more whores. Right. You've got those on his assholes who get away with everything. And then you've got others who, like us, just for being white men, are automatically vilified. And we 
talk the truth. We will not apologize. Everything Dave and I say on this show, we've thought out, we've scripted, we've talked about, we have thought out. This is not improv. Well, some of it is. Yeah, but that's just the dirty words. That's true. Let's let's bring up a couple examples here, shall we? In the the weekend edition, Red Foreman, dumbasses of the week. Your man, the man you love, the man you idolized a couple weeks ago, you celebrated, pushed out on us. He pushed out on us. Sam Elliott <sighs> apologized for his criticism of the power of the dog. Guess what? I'm not apologizing for my criticism of the power of the dog. It's a piece of dog shit. It sucked as a movie. It had nothing going for it. This is what I'm talking about. Shame on Sam Elliott for not sticking up for what he believed. One of the guys, one of the men that we thought we could look at, who had, we thought, a pair of cojones, fuck him. Stand by what you said. I agree with everything you said. I like the movie better than Dave, and I still agree with everything he said. It's homoerotic. It's crap. Jane Campion, all the movies she puts out are crap. Oh, I offended people. I am so tired of fucking men apologizing for saying what they feel. That's what I'm saying. We don't apologize here because we say what we feel. Why? Sam, you fucking asshole. Why do men have to apologize for what they say when women can get away with saying whatever the hell they want to? Thank you. Impunity. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Dave. Thank you for I'm making my point. I'm sick of the damn double standards that this society has created. Not only women, people of color, different people of, of different Whatever. sexual orientation, fucking lay off. Because you want us to come at you, we will. And here's another one. Jimmy fucking Kimmel, again, has his front row seat on the plane of doom reserved. Where are you going after him? Okay, I will admit, Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene Oh, she's a fucking psychotic bitch from hell. I agree. She went too far. But, Jimmy Kimmel gets to say, where's Will Smith when you need him? implying violence against her. Again, she's being a snowflake. She's being a snowflake. But where is the Me Too movement coming after Kimmel for wanting violence upon her? Really, really light implication of violence against women. It is still an implication of violence against women. Oh, Jimmy Kimmel makes a joke. I'm going to call Batman off on her. I swear to God, if I meet Jimmy Kimmel, I will get myself thrown in jail because I'm going to punch his ass in the face for being a false man. He is the problem with society. He's a snowflake bitch. Who he, I, is, he has cowed down to get where he is. He is not the person he used to be. He and Stephen Colbert... You guys, I will strap you in in the front row of the Sports Frenzy Plane of Doom. No, 
they're strapped in on the outside on the nose cone. No, and probably the two of them will have strap-ons, knowing how they are. All right. See you, kids. See you next week. Thank you.